A dozen years back or so, I was working at Pepperdine University, and we are just across the hill from the Sarah Retreat Center, a beautiful complex with the same Pacific views that go along with the university if you've been there. Our student affairs staff was invited to spend a day on retreat there, hosted by Gary Moon, who opened the day with one key idea for us. Nearly anything can be a spiritual practice if we approach it that way. If our hope is to create space that God might fill as God would choose, we can do all sorts of things toward that aim. And the reason I remember he said it was that his example was drinking a cup of coffee, something I love. He also has been quoted saying something else that I think is incredibly relevant to our question of practicing shalom. It's this. He says we have a hyper-intellectual but non-experiential method of living the Christian life. We have a hyper-intellectual but non-experiential method of living the Christian life. That will likely be an obstacle when it comes to experiencing shalom, which, remember, is the holistic well-being that God so longs to offer us all. We're at the beginning of this series exploring peace with God, because that's such an anchor for all the other expressions of shalom in and around us. One key question today, then, is how can a warm drink help us experience the presence, love, and peace of God? We get to experience shalom with God, peace between us, which begs the question of what the alternatives are. There could be animosity between us and God. There could be fear. There could be distrust or distance. There could be distraction or shame. Paul talks about how we stand on grace and have peace with God through Christ in Romans chapter 5. He writes, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus, the Messiah. In Ephesians, the image is that there was distance, but we are brought near. He writes, so the Messiah came and gave the good news. Peace had come. Peace, that is, for those of you who were a long way away. And peace, too, for those who were close at hand. Through him, you see, we both have access to the Father in the one spirit. In Philippians 4, we are guarded by the peace of God. It's written that the peace of God that transcends our understanding guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. What Shalom offers us is the chance to expand if we were given the narrow impression that peace with God is only about having a list of our wrong behaviors forgiven and our after-death destination secured. Holistic peace with God means we're invited to release shame and have peace, release fear and have peace, release control and have peace, release resentment and have peace. There's one more image that comes up in the letters. The letters in general are half of a conversation between the writer and various groups about what it means to live shalom-like together. It's not all they do, but it is enough of a reason to understand why we see this theme repeat through various different letters. This last example is from Colossians 1, where Paul writes of Jesus, For in him all the fullness was glad to dwell, and through him to reconcile all to himself, making peace through the blood of his cross. Through him, yes, the things on earth and also the things in the heavens. So what about you? Well, there was a time when you were excluded you were enemies in your thinking and in wicked behavior, but now he has reconciled you in the body of his flesh through death 
in order to bring you into his presence, holy, blameless, and without any accusation. Standing between us and God in Colossians, instead of peace, was accusation. Now, if you want to play connect the dots with me a bit, then we're going to jump to Mark 3. In Mark's gospel, there's a story where Jesus is accused of driving out demons, of bringing more holistic well-being by the power of demons or by Beelzebub. Jesus points out that driving out evil by the power of evil is nonsensical. Evil is always wanting to bring destruction. But Jesus calls out the one who represents this evil, naming this force or this person the accuser. So one way we see the Bible talk about peace with God is that we, as people who do, all of us along the way, act selfishly, unkindly, or destructively, we were accused. An accuser stood between us and God, keeping us from peace. And what Jesus does in his life, death, and resurrection is silence that accuser. If they were hollering about us in a court, the judge has told them to shut up and sit down. If they were standing between us and the outstretched arms of Jesus, they've been shoved aside, rolled over by a giant stone that used to cover a tomb. We can have peace with God because we don't have to hide who we really are from God. God knows. God knows. And God chose to deal with the accuser who wants to make the truth about the bad parts of us into the only parts of us. God won't have that. Grace is our ground. Peace is our protection. Nearness is our position. Reconciled and unaccused is our status. And so how can a simple cup of coffee or tea help us experience that more? I'd invite you to try it by grabbing a hot beverage. But before I walk you through what the practice is, a bit more about the why of it. Because anytime you try an unconventional spiritual practice, it can help to know what you're hoping it does. Practices aren't magic. They're space makers. In the same way coffee fills the space of the mug, you are creating a space in your own self that could be filled, in this case, by peace with God, love from God, assurance of God's fondness for you. So this is a space maker. This is also a slowing practice. Slowing practices like unitasking or picking the long line at checkout or driving in the slow lane of the freeway, they help us remember that we are not what we get done, which is also a lie that threatens our peace with God. Peace and productivity aren't enemies, but maximization and peace might be. I'd venture that we cannot really experience God's peace if we're always wondering if we've maximized every minute. So sometimes we do something slow on purpose because we don't need to maximize to be well. This is also a posturing practice, by which I mean it helps us orient ourselves toward what we hope for. Our posture is to welcome Jesus in to receive what God might have for us that we could easily miss without space and without slowing. So unconventional though it may be, we hope this time with a hot beverage creates space and slows us down and aligns our posture towards God. Here are the steps if you'd like to try it on your own. Fix yourself a warm drink, coffee, tea, hot cocoa, lemon water. If you really hate warm beverages, you can do this with a cold one. Allow the drink to slow you down. Notice its warmth. Sip slowly. Then offer to God the most pressing three things of the day ahead, if it is in the morning, or of the day to come, if it's evening. 
And with just the one day in mind, pray simply, Welcome, Jesus. Welcome. And then remind yourself, I am as loved right now as I will be at the end of the day, whatever happens. That's all there is to it. Go slow. Enjoy the warmth of the beverage. Let it slow you down. Consider the idea that Jesus would be glad to be welcomed into every part of your day, whatever is pressing on you, because of their deep, deep love for you. I'd like to leave you with these words one more time as a blessing. May you remember that grace is your ground, peace is your protection, nearness is your position, reconciled and then accused is your status. Amen.